Revenge is a dish best served sweet on Bourbon Street. Eh, I'll, I'll leave the rhymes for another time. The Memphis Grizzlies against the team that they certainly have struggled against during the Jaw and Jenkins era get a big victory over the New Orleans Pelicans on the road without John Morant. But several things played into their success. A great performance from Tyus Jones passing the basketball and defending the three, a remedy they hope will lead to another victory tonight against a resurgent Portland Trailblazers team. That and much more on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Here we go. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to everyone and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Colvin. You can find me at StatsSAC or Twitter. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz. Myself, I'm a credential media member with the Grizzlies, have been hosted Locked On Grizz now for two years, covering the team over at Grizzly Bear Blues for four years. If you're new to the show, welcome. Again, follow me at StatsSAC on Twitter. If you've been with us for a while, Thank you so much for your support. Obviously, you can find the show wherever podcasts are available, free on all platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, also free right here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know you enjoy the show. Let's others find the show. It just makes the overall experience the best it can be for everyone who enjoys the Grizzlies. And right now, you certainly have every reason to enjoy the Memphis Grizzlies. Winners of nine out of their last ten. But last night's victory, it was a little bit sweeter, right? It was a little bit more fun to see the Grizzlies finally be able to get the job done. And again, another indication that this team truly is on another level than previous iterations of the Grizzlies, even with Jaw and Jared and Jenkins, is the fact that before the game, and I mentioned it in yesterday's episode, before the game, there was, I felt, a legitimate reason, there was a legitimate chance that John Morant, on the road, the first half of a back-to-back, he would sit this game out since his ankle was likely less than 100% following Saturday night's performance in Charlotte. And that's exactly what happened. The Grizzlies went through pregame warm-ups with Jaw. It was determined that it would be best for him to sit, for him to recover. And that's exactly what he did. And what happened? The Grizzlies absolutely looked like they did not miss a beat without him, especially in the first half. This game against the Pelicans certainly followed the same basic script that the game against the Hornets did from this past Saturday, where the Grizzlies once again got out to an outstanding performance early on in a big big first quarter. They took it into much of the second quarter, though the Pelicans were able to work their way back to make it only a 12-point lead in the first half for the Grizzlies. But the Grizzlies were doing a great job getting into the paint, doing a great job of, of, you know, at least getting chances at the line. And overall, scoring performance where everybody was contributing. Nearly uh, The Grizzlies, I believe, had nine players in the first half who scored a bucket. And then from there, it was just them being able to consistently, through good ball movement, 
find the shot that they wanted within the two-point two-point arc. That's what really stood out for Memphis in this game was their ability overall to find shots within the lane, within the two-point arc, what have you, to be able to get the victory. And then in the second half, the Grizzlies were able to muster up enough offense to keep from the Pelicans, who were trying their best to get back into the game several times. The Grizzlies were able to play equal basketball with the Pelicans, and it was Tyus Jones in the third and fourth quarter who really stood out. And that, that we'll get to his performance in just a second. But things that really made a difference, and we'll talk about that in th this in the second segment a bit more, is that without John Morant's ability to come in and obviously dominate the game, given his you know usual 25 to 30-plus points a night, what really stood out for the Grizzlies was the fact that they were able to have a complete effort from the team itself. Obviously, I mentioned Tyus, but off the bench last night, DeAnthony Melton with 13 points. Brandon Clark, 8 of 9 from the field, 18 points for him, 8 rebounds overall as well. Jaron Jackson Jr., 23 overall points. Desmond Bain didn't have that good of a performance last night, but he did well again on the defensive end, making sure to do a very good job with Zaire Williams of limiting C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram enough to where that duo could not take over the game on the Pelicans' end. But again, the other thing that stood out about the Grizzlies' efforts was coming into last night's game, the Pelicans were arguably one of the best overall offensive rebounding teams in the league, not only grabbing offensive rebounds themselves, but limiting the offensive rebound production for the Grizzlies. And what did the Grizzlies do? 18 offensive rebounds last night, and it was a community effort, right? Steven Adams had a big first half, or big first quarter, eight points, five rebounds, two assists. Overall, he had 13 total rebounds, but seven total rebounds for um, Jaron Jackson Jr., eight for Brandon Clark, six for John Conchar. It was a complete team effort when it came to the rebounds. So the Grizzlies were able to overcome a strength of the Pelicans by out-rebounding the Pelicans. That's what helped the Grizzlies overcome the fact that they themselves struggled from three. So it was the rebounding effort that certainly helped. It was the team passing effort. Once again, 29 assists for the Grizzlies. And the thing that stood out, I talked with Tyus Jones after the game, and I asked him what really has stood out over the past 10 or so games in which the assist numbers are up, and it just seems like the consistency of the offense is also really taken off because we've seen the Grizzlies score 120, 125, 130-plus points on a consistent basis in the month of February. And he simply has said that in his thought process, it comes down to the Grizzlies not settling for just good shots, but making the extra pass for great shots. And even though we would like to see that lead to more consistency from beyond the arc, it at the very least is leading to enough consistency within the arc where the Grizzlies are consistently making enough shots, more shots than their opponent, to overcome the fact that the Grizzlies may struggle occasionally from three. And that's what they did last night, only 10 for 34 from beyond the arc. But that same team effort, that same team effort that helped with rebounding, that helped with ball movement, that allowed for us to get 31 combined points off from a bench duo and Jaron Jackson Jr. getting 23 points to go along with Tyus Jones's 27. The other thing that stood out and that the Grizzlies are consistently getting better at, four of 26 from three were the Pelicans. Again, let's not forget, in the seven games 
that the Grizzlies had previously played against the Pelicans with, Jen with Taylor Jenkins as coach and John Morant as the point guard for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were 1-6 against the Pelicans, and a big reason why was because the Pelicans were averaging 15 threes a game in those seven head-to-head -head matchups, shooting 45% from three. They, on average, were making five more three-pointers per game than the Grizzlies. What happened last night? Even with C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram and Devontae Graham in the lineup for the Pelicans, the Grizzlies held the Pelicans to four of 26 from three. And the Grizzlies themselves actually made six more threes than the Pelicans, and that was the difference in the game. It was a complete 180 from what he had, what we have seen in the past between these two teams in the Grizzlies' favor because the Grizzlies are putting forth a team effort when it comes to looking for great shots on offense and defending the three on defense. But let it also not go without being said that Tyus Jones arguably once again had the best performance of his career last night, a career-high 27 points, nine assists for Tyus Jones. He overall was three of seven from three, and there was just an absolutely insane amount of confidence in his approach. The floater was working. He was able to balance that with the three-point shot. He stepped up and stood out with John Morant not being available once again. I don't think that it's any type of coincidence at all that in his third year in the system, in which he said he was going to try a more balanced approach when it came to scoring, we have now seen seven of the 11 best individual scoring performances of Tyus's career this year. And it's been absolutely critical that it occur. Because with John Moran out, with his injuries as we've seen, with the Anthony Melton or Brandon Clark being out with their injuries, Tyus Jones, when he's needed to, he has stepped up in his scoring opportunity, and it's led to great production from the bench and obviously a needed a needed productive performance from time to time when he stepped into the starting lineup. It's absolutely outstanding to see Tyus Jones have the career year that he is having. Yes, it certainly is likely going to lead to a very, very lucrative payday for him. Does that mean the Grizzlies, it doesn't mean it makes sense for the Grizzlies to retain him or not. That's a discussion for another time. But when it comes to the Grizzlies right now, Tyus Jones's performance gives credence. It gives credit, validity to the fact that the Grizzlies choosing continuity over just making a move at the trade deadline was the right move, and it especially helps when you get the win over a rival. But don't think at all that the Grizzlies' ball movement and their three-point three defense, they're a fluke, that they over the past two games have just been there to help the Grizzlies win. The Grizzlies are trending in the right direction in two needed areas when it comes to ball movement and three-point defense. I'll discuss that in just a moment. But before I do, I want to discuss Prize Picks with you. One of the title sponsors of our show, Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And the great thing is, is that you have the ability to look at different sports to do what you want to do. How many goals might Evgeny Malkin score? Or how many steals might Matisse Thibel get? Whatever you choose to do when it comes to fantasy, um, when it comes to daily fantasy through prize picks, it's you basically choosing whatever best makes sense for you. And the great thing is if you go to prizepicks.com right now, we have an exclusive no-brainer offer. 
Users get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. You have to use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, but it's an exclusive offer available for Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, but make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast as well. You want the latest reaction to all that's going on around your favorite teams in sports? The Locked On Now podcast is a great way for you to get the instant reaction from the local experts. What does a single game mean in the bigger picture? Check out the Locked On Now podcast as your second listen of the day after Locked On Grizzlies. Um, So without a doubt, when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies in the month of February, as I had mentioned, coming into this month off a very tough schedule in the month of January, the schedule was going to be more manageable for Memphis. It was going to be an easier road for the Grizzlies to take. And how have the Grizzlies responded? They've been able to go undefeated in the month of February. And without a doubt, led by John Morant, led by a, a, a more consistent dominance between Morant and, and Jaron or Morant and Desmond Bain at times, what is and, and improved three-point shooting, What has stood out about this Grizzlies team is that their offense is consistently playing at one of the best levels in the NBA. Over the past 10 games among NBA teams, the Grizzlies have the second best offensive rating in the league. But while John Morant's performance on offense, Jaron's performance on defense, Steven Adams' ability to lead the offensive rebounding charge, the overall team effort towards creating turnovers, all of those things are big sources of success as to why the Grizzlies are continuing to win at the pace that they are. But two other developments, in my opinion, are huge because they're going to be needed levels of of elite consistency, in my opinion, in the playoffs for the Grizzlies to really have a good shot of advancing in the playoffs. Again, I mentioned it last night on the spaces um, after the Grizzlies game. Again, this Grizzlies team is now in a position where they know what their core, they can do what they need to do to win during the regular season. The focus of this team moving forward is doing what it needs to do as the evolution of this roster continues to happen until it reaches the final form of itself, which it may never do. You want your roster to consistently keep evolving. But as this team continues to evolve this year and next year, the focus is going to be how to advance in the playoffs more than it is how just to survive the regular season to get to the playoffs. And two areas where the Grizzlies are going to need to consistently be elite to get to the playoffs and advance in the playoffs is effective ball movement and defending the three. Obviously, shooting the three, shooting free throws, offensive balance, those are keys as well. But you got to start somewhere, right? The three-point shooting and the free-throw shooting hopefully will come in time. But you've got to start somewhere when it comes to success, and that's exactly what the Grizzlies are doing when it comes to when it comes to passing the basketball as well as defending the three. Remember, Tyus Jones mentioned it. He said that he felt that the Grizzlies right now, what has helped their offense seem to take it to the next level this month is they're passing up good shots for great shots, and the numbers certainly show that. The Grizzlies, over every NBA team's past 10 games, they are fifth in assists per game, up uh, up nearly two and a half assists per game than they were in the month of January. But the really encouraging thing, the really encouraging thing is that the Grizzlies, who arguably, who clearly were a bottom five team in terms of three-point percentage, basically from Christmas through the end of January, the Grizzlies are now 17th 
in three-point shooting over their past 10 games. Their league average at shooting from three. And that's exactly what I and others have mentioned all year long. If the Grizzlies can essentially maintain a league average approach shooting the three percentage-wise, that's going to be a huge boost to their offense because of how dominant the Grizzlies are at times in the lane and inside the arc. Now, Memphis is still bottom five in terms of three-pointers made per game, but you got to start somewhere. And the more effective ball movement is allowing for the Grizzlies to have more opportunity to find open shots, and they're hitting them at a higher clip. So the effective ball movement is incrementally also helping the three-point shooting for the Grizzlies, which again is going to be a huge, huge development, a huge need in the playoffs. But to go along with that, the Grizzlies are also, over every NBA team's past 10 games, they are sixth in three-pointers allowed per game and third in three-point percentage allowed per game. Now, competition has a bit to do with it, right? The Grizzlies have played some of the weaker teams in the NBA during the early part of February. But again, for this team, the whole point is putting together stretches of doing what needs to be done. Putting to get it, gaining confidence that night in and night out, whether it be the whole game or whether it be, for instance, like that game against Charlotte on Saturday, where the Grizzlies were able to limit the Hornets enough from three early on that they the Hornets built themselves too big of a hole to climb out of when they caught fire in the second half. If the Grizzlies can at least go a half each game or the full 48 minutes of each game defending the three well, their offense is playing well enough right now to where that's all they'll need to be able to win games. Because if the Grizzlies can effectively defend the three for at least a half in each game, they have to feel confident, even if they're not shooting the three well themselves, they have to feel confident that their offense will be able to take advantage of limiting the opposition's approach from three, the Grizzlies' offense will then be able to take advantage to get the job done and get wins. So that's a big development because these two things elevate the overall performance of other things. Effectively moving the basketball around, it allows for you to get higher percentage shots, and even if they don't fall, it allows for you to get to the free throw line more often. And the quantity of the Grizzlies getting to the free throw line is helping to negate the fact that they're not shooting free throws that well. Passing the basketball effectively leads to more high percentage looks from threes. The Grizzlies have not been that great at hitting those shots this year, but they're at least improving to where they're getting close to being league average from three in the month of February. And as we see, that's all they really need to do consistently to have an elite offense overall. But the big key is, and much too much of a difference between the first part of the year without Dylan and now without Dylan is that the Grizzlies are putting together a team effort of defending the three consistently, and it's making all the difference in the world. And that is the big key that stands out. It's team basketball, right? It's the team concept of working together, making the extra pass, making the right reads to consistently find great shots on offense. It's communication, discipline, staying within their roles, and knowing how to how to work off each other on defense that is allowing for the Grizzlies to put together coverages with confidence that can help defend the perimeter. Don't get it wrong either. Knowing that Jaron Jackson or a Brandon Clark or a Steven Adams is behind our perimeter players certainly helps. But the Grizzlies' ability to defend the three overall has been a very big development. And if the Grizzlies can be elite at defending the three, while also being league average at shooting the three themselves, 
plus being elite inside the arc, that combination is a very, very good combination of sources of success to work off when it comes to the playoffs. So the Grizzlies are trending in the right directions. They're trending in the specific aspects that they need to to make the needed improvements that are going to be bigger or of bigger value in the playoffs. And you certainly enjoy seeing it. But they're certainly going to have to continue that tonight against a Portland Trailblazers team. They, yes, on paper, may not seem that formidable, but they've certainly had a couple of players who have stepped up and stood out over the past three games that make this Portland team definitely a tougher test than, may they, than may, they may appear. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But the thing I can tell you is this, is that, in my opinion, the Grizzlies are probably one of the best bets in basketball right now with how well they're playing. But in general, if you enjoy betting and wagering on sports, listen, football may be over with the Super Bowl being this past Sunday, but pro, pro and college basketball is in full steam. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting need. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and USC odds right up to the Olympic coverage that's currently going on. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. On tomorrow's episode, we'll certainly review the game against the Portland Trailblazers, and then it'll be the end of the quote-unquote first half of the season. We'll take a look back at some key statistics that have really been the drivers for success for the Memphis Grizzlies. But tonight, the Grizzlies are the second half of a back-to-back, -back, though they'll be at home. They'll be facing off against the Portland Trailblazers, another team that despite the fact that their moves may suggest that they are more looking towards the future in terms of rebuilding, this is still a team that right now is coming into tonight with playoff hopes. They're still in that play-in race, and it's because of the fact that they've had players who have stepped into bigger roles and have absolutely delivered over the past several games, even players that have come to the Portland Trailblazers via trades. Over the past 15 games, in terms of every NBA team in the league, Portland is 27th in offense and 14th in defense. Now, I, I may understand if that does not sound correct to you. Portland is 27th in offense, but 14th in defense. If you've followed the Portland Trailblazers and with their Grizzlies, if you've listened to Locked On Grizzlies over the past two years, you know we've talked plenty about them with how many big games the Grizzlies have played against Dame and C.J. McCollum, um, you know, with, with the Grizzlies' defense, you know, in Portland and in Memphis. You know that the trend typically with Portland is that they're among the top six or seven offenses in the league and one of the bottom five defenses in the league. But right now, it's the opposite approach, and it makes sense. But now they've traded away C.J. McCollum. They've traded away Norman Powell, Robert Covington. Obviously, Dane may be out for the year. But this Portland team is getting the job done right now, actually playing good defense while mustering up enough offense to get the job done. And on offense, it starts with two players. Anthony Simons, who has been one of the breakout stars of the season, a true MIP candidate in his own right, and Josh Hart is averaging 25 points per game in his first two games as a Blazer. And an old friend, Justice Winslow, he's absolutely stepping up in his role. Over his first few games 
with the Blazers as well. Just as Winslow was averaging 11.2 points per game on 48% shooting from the field. Joseph Nurkic is playing his part in the middle. This is a team where though they may not have the star-studded names, they may not have the names that really would strike fear, you would think, in opposing defenses. These players are performing their roles to the end that they need to to get the job done. However, though this team is playing well, though the Portland Trailblazers are playing probably better than many had expected, having three straight wins, including a surprise victory over the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday, this is a team that if the Grizzlies simply continue to play well, where the Grizzlies are able to pass the basketball, defend the three, and get into the paint with confidence and get into the free throw line with confidence, the Grizzlies should be able to get the job done. Now, it's going to take a community effort rebounding again, right? Because the Grizzly, because Portland now, actually, after last night's game in which the Grizzlies were able to out-rebound the Pelicans, despite the Pelicans being very good on the offensive boards, Portland now is the best team in the NBA when it comes to limiting opponents' offensive rebounding. That's what stands out about Portland. So that avenue is going to, once again, be a tough task for the Grizzlies to find success through. However, where it stands out for Memphis to really be able to hopefully find a groove is that despite the fact that Portland has done well over its past 10 games, they still are bottom five in the league in both defending the three and defending the two when it comes to percentages. As a matter of fact, they're 29th in the league in both categories. So Memphis should be able, like Tyus Jones said, Memphis should be able to find it you know, rather easy, in my opinion, to, again, keep the ball moving, pass up good shots for great shots, and if they can get that balance, especially early on, the Grizzlies should be able to, once again, take control of the game and maintain the lead. But they're going to have to be able to defend the three. They're going to be have to. They're going to have to be able to consistently move the basketball. And another big boost tonight that would help out the Grizzlies is that just straightforward because Portland has traded away many of its better players. Because right now they are dealing with some injuries. The Grizzlies should also have the key advantage when it comes to the bench. Even if Jaw does not play and Tyus is in the starting lineup. You've got Kyle Anderson, you've got Brandon Clark, you've got DeAnthony Melton. That trio for the Grizzlies off the bench should be better than anything that Portland can present off the bench. So if the Grizzlies can simply play to their potential, play to their strengths in the non-starter minutes, the Grizzlies should also be able to get a big enough advantage to be able to beat Portland in that aspect of the game. So what it comes down to for Memphis is simply continuing what you've been doing. Effective ball movement on offense, defending the three on defense, another early start where the Grizzlies are finding offensive success while limiting the the uh, um, Trailblazers from getting into an early rhythm. That will be huge as well because if the Grizzlies can make life at least somewhat tough on Simons and Hart, I just don't know if Portland has enough offensive ca- capability elsewhere to be able to overcome their two main engines to their offense right now, struggling. Just like they did last night with Zaire Williams and Desmond Bade and Tyus throwing different looks at C.J. McCullough and Brandon Ingram, which certainly was effective in the first half. If the Grizzlies could do exactly that and keep the Trailblazers from getting in rhythm in the first half of tonight's game, it'll be a big, big victory. And it'll be a great way for the Grizzlies to close out 
the first half of the season, much like they've done against Portland a few times in the past. They did it against Portland, I believe, two years ago in the 2019-2020 season. They got a big victory over Portland to go into the All-Star break with a three-and-a-half game lead on the last spot in the Western Conference playoff picture. This time, if the Grizzlies beat Portland, they could go into the All-Star break with a very comfortable lead now for the third spot in the Western Conference playoffs. Talk about your progression. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Enjoy tonight's game. Let's get a victory, and then let's get focused on what should be a very special weekend for John Morant, Desmond Bain, company when it comes to All-Star festivities. Until next time, we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.